0: Hello and welcome to the Hope & Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deep in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. How are y'all doing? You guys doing alright? Well, if you guys haven't noticed, I'm not Chris. <laughs> um, but that's fine. Uh, because one of the main things God asked me to do today when I came up here was to be me. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be me. How y'all doing? You guys doing all right? You guys seem quiet today. What's going on? Where are you guys at? How was your week? You guys doing all right? Yeah? I hear some noise in there. There we go. Right. So for those of you guys that don't know me, uh, my name's Eric. I'm one of the people that's part of the leadership here at this church. Uh, maybe you guys might have seen me back there sometimes, you know, making a lot of noise, making loud noises and such. Uh, but today I'm up here. Uh, I've been asked to be up here, and I've been asked to preach, and God gave me a word that I'm excited to speak, uh, and I just pray that his words will fill my mouth and come out and you guys can receive something great. You guys excited for that? You guys good for that? Forgive me if I sound relaxed. It's just because God, in a, like literally as I walked back here, was like, Chill. So I'm, I'm in a chill mode. You know what I mean. I'm, I'm chilling now. So, um, so yeah. That's my little introduction of me and who I am and who I am in this church. Uh, and I believe God has an amazing word for us today, a humbling word, um, a word that will make us rethink things a little bit. And I'm excited for it. So, um, so when I found out I was preaching this week, I actually almost immediately got a word that came to my mind. Um, and to be honest, because it was so quick, I was like, nah, maybe that's not maybe that's not it. Maybe that's just my head kind of running with things, you know what I mean? Uh, and then I went back maybe a few days later and I prayed again and God was like, No, no, no. That's what I want you to talk about. And I was like, Okay. But he gave me the first part. And where it spawned from was from last week. Last week was Mother's Day. And did you guys see the video? You guys saw the video in the service? Yeah? That video was talking about the fact that what our mothers have done for our lives, right? And without realizing it, the word that God gave me to speak was about my answer for that video, to be honest, which was uh, about how my mom had taught me about perseverance. And that's what God asked me to speak about today is about perseverance and persistence, actually. Perseverance and persistence. But that's the first part of it. There's a bigger, more important part of that than that. and it's kind of funny because I'm gonna am I'm gonna tell a quick story about my mom. When I was growing up, my dad wasn't a Christian. My mom was. From day one, my mom's been a Christian, and uh, she would drag me and my little bro- me and my older brother. I almost said little brother. Oof! Thank God he's not here. He might smack me. You know what I mean? <laughs> she would drag me and my older brother to church, you know. And it was kind of one of those things where I didn't really have a choice. It's like get in the car now, get in the car. So we would go, you know. And uh, but my mom was persistent. My mom said, I don't care, we're going to church. This family, we're going to church. We're gonna go see, we're gonna go listen to the word. Now my dad wasn't there yet. So you know what my mom did every day for years? My mom would wake up early in the morning, go sit on the couch, and she would pray for our family. Every day, for years. i would pray for my dad, i would pray for us. So you know what happened? We went to a new church, my mom dragged us again, I said, to tell you the truth, I was so afraid that I actually kind of uh, just sat in the car and I was like crying in, my, in the minivan. This is going to age me. We had a 93 Mazda minivan. Anyone know what that is? Any, anyone old enough to know what that is? There's a couple. That's good. I see D-Dash in the back. home so. up. Uh, I sat in that minivan crying like I'm not going. You can't make me. My mom was like, if you don't get out of this car right now, I swear to God. And I got out and I went and you know what happened? I was changed. I got in there. I heard from a pastor who just talked about what it looked like to have a discussion with God and to sit down and just hear God's voice and having just a nice chat with God. And that concept to me was so foreign. I was like, you can have a conversation with God. And you know what happened? I got changed. I got excited. You know what I mean? I was like, this is great. My brother got excited. This is great. And then you know what happened? My mom kept praying. And my mom kept praying. And so because me and my brother got excited, you know what happened? We went and we told my dad, Dad, we need you to come with us. Can you please come with us? For weeks, my dad was like, maybe, you know, maybe I should, you know. He grew up in the church, but, you know, once he became an adult, he's like, that's that spiritual stuff. I don't do that stuff, you know. I can hear my dad's voice now. Uh, And then he came, and you know what? His life was changed. He was different. He was a different man. And it was amazing because my mother was able to realign where our family was going because of patience, because of persistence, and because of perseverance. Now, the work that got done was not her hand that did it. She didn't go in there and grab my dad and say, get up, we're going to church. No. She prayed. She let God do the work. She submitted to his presence and said, Lord, I need you to do some work in our family's life. And that's what happened. He did the work because she was persistent, because she displayed her perseverance, and she submitted to the Lord. Now, that's the second part of this word that God told me to share. It's not purely just perseverance and persistence. The part that God answered later about was being perseverant and persistent in submission, in, w- in being willing to submit to God. You guys feel me on that? You guys alive? You guys all right? You doing Okay. The point of being persistent is not to be strong. Is not to display your own strength and your own power. The point of being persistent is to know that God will deliver. That is the point of being persistent. That is the point of persevering. You want to know know something funny? You know who gives that perseverance, that strength and that perseverance? Where do you think that comes from? Do you think that comes from you? No, that comes from him. That's why we pray. That's why we ask. That's why we seek. That's why we listen. God gives us that strength. God even puts us through the test to gain perseverance in the first place, to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? Um, I'm getting excited and kind of, you know, let me, let me, let me read a little bit of things here. Um, so, when I say the words perseverance and persistence, the first things that come to my mind, obviously, if I'm just thinking about, like, you know, just normal thought process, words like strength, words like endurance, willpower, you know, like the word, like, white knuckle, you know, when you grab something so hard, you hold on to it so hard that your knuckles just, like, look nice and white because you're just gripping the thing so hard. Gym words, basically, as I was, you know, I have written down here. reminds me of Zach, actually, you know what I mean? Endure, you know what I mean? Push through, strength, endurance, you know, the words that you see on the poster in the gym, you know what I mean? Um, like, I had this example in my head. You guys have seen the Batman series, the older Chris Nolan Batman series? You guys have seen that, right? One of my favorite lines in that movie is a moment where um, Bruce Wayne's talking to Alfred, his homie Alfred, and he says... Uh, what would you have me do? Things are brutal. And Alfred's like, in his accent, I'm not going to try it because I'm going to butcher it. But in his accent, he says, endure. That's what I would have you do. And then he continues and he says, take it. He said, they'll probably hate you for it, but that's the point. You can make the choice that no one else can make, the right choice. That always hit me hard and I was like, wow, the idea of persevering until that result that needs to come through comes through. You know what I mean? But, that was always missing something. And I never understood why it was missing something, and I thought more about it. And the reason why it's missing something is because that discussion of sacrifice, that discussion of him being the person that's sacrificing, he doesn't need to be the person that's sacrificing. That's been done already. That's been handled before. That's done. There was someone else that made that sacrifice already so that we don't have to. You guys know know who he is? You guys know what his name is? Can I hear you guys say his name one time? Can I hear you guys say his name like you mean it one time? Thank you. So, back to my question. What if I told you that that strength doesn't come from us? What if I told you that that strength that we need comes from him, comes from Jesus, comes from what God does in our lives? That's where the strength comes from. And at the end of the day, that result from what happens after that situation does not shine light on us but it shines light on him. Do you know what I mean? Can we be a church as a people that are willing to shine the light on him, not on ourselves? Can we be that church? You guys brave enough to be that church? You guys want to be that church? You guys want to be out there doing that? At the end of the day, after we do these hard works and we do these things, we don't get the glory, but he does? We should be that church standing there. We need to be that church out there. So like I said... This is the moment where God kind of hit me in the back of the head, and I was like, oh. And he said, submission, perseverance, and persistence to submit, to continually submit, to persistently submit, over and over and over again. Every time it gets hard, every time it gets difficult, submit again, submit again. So what does it mean to submit? I'm saying this word like, like, you know what I mean? So I'm going to read something to you. Accept or yield... To a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. That's huge. I'll read it again. To accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. Right? The very definition admits that there is... Ooh, there goes. The very definition of this thing says that the superior force exists. There is a superior force, something that knows more than we do. The very definition says this thing, yeah? That's who we need to be. The people that understand that there is a superior force that knows more than we do, that can handle those things for us, that can take the steps that we are struggling to take, that can clear out the muck out of what's going on in front of us. You guys know what I mean? You guys alive? You guys with me? You still, we still here? All right. So, the question of the day. If there's something you guys wanna write down, this is the first thing you guys should probably write down. Can we be persistent in submission? Can we be persistent in submission? Can we continually submit to who God is in every circumstance, in every situation? Can we do this? Can we be those people? Can we repeatedly acknowledge that there is a superior force that can do more than we can possibly imagine? Can we do that? That force that has plans to prosper us and not to harm us to give us hope and to give us a future, can we do that? Am I being too real? Does it hurt yet? Okay, well, maybe, let's see what happens when I get to my next page, hmm. So, let me clarify something real quick. Something came to my mind when I was putting this together and that's that Chris was teaching a couple weeks ago about shake and stand. He was talking about being the church that stands up, that actually rises to the challenge that God's putting in front of us, right? And then I was like, wait a minute, does this kind of contradict what what he's saying? Because I'm saying let go, and Chris is saying stand up. And I realized, no, it doesn't contradict at all. It's two different parts of the same action. It's the same thing. So this means we're not meant to be, as I'm describing what it looks like to let go and to submit, I'm not describing to be, you know, this kind of jellyfish person that is kind of, I go where things take me. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying to be just a super hippie, cool kid, like, oh, you know what? Wherever God takes me is where I'll go, and I'll just, everything's all good. It's all taken care of, and then we never act, ever. That's not what I'm saying, and this is why Chris's word was so important because of the fact that it says we need to stand. We're being called to things. We're being called to stand and to be in that position, but when we stand, when we choose and say, you know what? I'm going to stand up to what God's calling me into. There's still that one moment where we pause and all right, all right, Lord, oh, I need your help with this one. That's the moment I'm talking about. The moment where God says, you know what, Eric, I need you to go up and I need you to preach. And then the moment when I'm standing on the side while you guys are still singing that song and I'm like, all right, Lord, I need your Holy Spirit. That moment. Do you know what I'm saying? So they go together. So thing to remember, submitting to God's will does not always look the same. Sometimes it means we need to speak up. Sometimes it means we need to stay out of the way. We need to pray. Sometimes it means we need to defend someone, right? Sometimes it means don't defend yourself. It depends on the circumstance. But you know who's always dictating that? Him. Not us. Not our flesh. Not our ideas. Not our mind. Him. He's the one that says, you know what? No, no, no. I need you to do this. I need you to be here. And the only reason why that happens is because we do what? We submit because we take a pause and we say, all right, Lord, I'm willing to listen to what you want to do in this thing. I'm willing to hear what you want to do and how you want to move in this specific situation. Do you know what I'm saying? You guys with me? Good. Forgive me if I'm moving fast, but you know, it's not that easy being up here. Um, Now, should we talk Bible? Let's talk Bible. You guys got one? Who's got one? Let me see it. Who's got one? I'm going to do a lot of reading in here. If you don't got, if you don't have one, come talk to us. We, we'll get you one. We'll figure out a way to get you guys one. This guy here, it's really good. Um, I'm on the wrong page, first of all. <laughs> um, so what we're looking at today, mostly. And when God brought this up, I was like, "You really want to talk about this?" There's so many preachings about this. But He said, "Yeah, I'd love to talk about this." All right, cool. I trust you, submission. He said, "Let's talk about Daniel." It's all right. So most of the reading today is in the book of Daniel. And I've heard a thousand different preachings about the book of Daniel. I can't even tell you how many. There's been so many preachings that have been about the book of Daniel and what's done. And there's so many different segments and people just pick and choose and take take it apart and talk about how much he's done. But God said, nope, we're talking about this. Because I want them to understand. Submit. Submit. I want you to understand. Submit. Submit. I have a better idea. I have a better plan submit. Yeah? Okay. So, book of Daniel. It's literally, the entire book, or at least the first half of the book, is literally an entire section of just, you know what, let me just display someone's ability to be submissive to me as God. That's the whole thing. The whole book is like, let me just show over and over and over again, through different circumstances, how certain people are willing to just take a knee and say, no, no, not me, but you. Over and over and over again. It's beautiful, persistent in being on your knees and looking to God. So let me give you some context on the book of Daniel. I'm going to read it because I probably forgot already. Uh, but Jerusalem has been conquered and taken over by Nebuchadnezzar, which is the king of Babylon. So imagine we're living in a space. Imagine the door kicks in right now and someone comes over and tells me, you know what? This, this is mine. All this belongs to me. This is my place. And then afterwards start saying, you know what, you, you, and you, you guys are going to be in charge of this, you, you, and you, you guys can't eat this food, and you, you, and you, you guys can't pray unless I say you can pray. That's literally the context of this book. Kind of scary, no? How would you react in that situation? I'd be a little nervous, I think. A tiny bit, maybe, you know what I mean? Someone would just kick the door and slap you and say, hey, listen to me, you know what I mean? I almost made a joke, but I'm not going to make a joke, it's way too soon. Uh, I think some people laugh because they know exactly what I was going to say um, so in this context we're in the state of having a new king who's making new rules and new laws and doesn't, doesn't necessarily believe in the God that we know and says you know what I'm going to do my own thing you know and in this context disobedience nine times out of ten leads to death if you disobey pfft, you out that's it that's the circumstance of what we're talking about here Not great. Light topic, no? Everyone's so serious. Woof. Light topics. But let me show you four examples of four men who were persistent in being submissive. That sounds like a bad word, doesn't it? Submissive. It's like, oh, yeah, but that's who God is. That's what He's called us to be to listen, you know? So these four men Daniel, I'm going to read that. I'm going to tell you their two names because they got renamed as well. Once this king came in, he told them, you know what? I don't like your name. I got a better name. So their original names were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Those are their names. And their names got changed to Balthazar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Completely changed their names. You know what? You, you're not a list anymore. Now you're, I don't know, click. Your name is, that's your name now. You know what I mean? That's literally what happened here. So I'm going to try my best to go by their actual names. But you know what? I might screw it up a little bit because... Those, the ones I remember the most are their change names, but situation one is in Daniel one. Situation one is this. The king wanted a bunch of new people, young, healthy people to come and serve in his palace. Once he took over, he said, I want some young people. I want you, you, you come here and you're going to serve in my palace. Now, that's what happened, right? And as this happened, he said, you know what? I got some food that I'm setting aside for you guys to have. Some wine, some this, some that, and this is your daily portion of food. And Daniel, <clears throat> who's one of the four homies here, said, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to do that. Mm-mm. I will not defile myself with the food that you're telling me I need to have. Do you think you could do that? Knowing this guy would probably kill you if you say no thanks. He did. So he said, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> let's have a little bit of a test. He said, what if I only had vegetables and water? And you guys, you can give the food that you wanna give to everybody else and me and my homies here are just gonna have only just vegetables and water, that's it. And of course, the guy who's the chief of all this said, you know what, I'll tell you what, fine. Show me what's up. And then you know what happened? Those that only ate vegetables and water were healthier, were stronger, looked a lot better, better shape, but I'll tell you what, before I go too far, let me read. So Daniel 8 through through 16. Daniel 1, 8 through 16 is what it says. I feel like I can't read. Eight. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Then Daniel said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables and, eat and to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Strong stuff, no? So once again, are we willing to submit? I keep going. 17 through 20. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of that that time, set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar, the king. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. No one equal. So they entered the king's service. In, In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters in the whole kingdom. Why? Submission. Willingness to listen to somebody else, to listen to God. That's number one. So the sum up of that, despite the conditions they were in, they chose to submit to God and his standard. You guys still with me? I got a few more. Repetition. If my computer doesn't continue to manifest like it's doing right now. Um next thing the king has a dream and in this dream he has some crazy complicated dream and he's like you know what I, 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 I'm freaking out I, can't, I need to figure out what this is about I need to know what this is, what's going on with this dream what this means so you know what he does he calls in every magician every enchanter every person that he knows that's supposed to have all this wisdom he calls them all into the room and says tell me what my dream was interpret it for me so I know what's going on and I understand you know what happened They're like, I don't know I have no idea so they were like, oh, but tell us the dream first, and then I can tell you what it means. He's like, no, 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 no. You should be able to tell me what my dream was. They're like, well, I don't know who can do that, but I can't do that. They all say, I don't know, bro. I don't know. So we got some friends here, the homies, the four homies here. They had a better idea. So let's read Daniel 2, 17 through 23. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Context, I realize. So, because all these other magicians and stuff couldn't figure things out, the king got mad and said, You know what? Execute all the wise men in, all, in, in this whole land, all of them. Get rid of them. So, these guys in the middle of freaking out, hiding. Just saying. During that night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And Daniel praised God, the God of heaven, and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and disposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and the light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God, of my fathers, you have given me wisdom and power, and you have made known to me what we asked for. You have made known to us the dream of the king. What did they do? Submit. They went to God. They took that moment on their knees. And after that, God was like, I got you, bro. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of the dream because that's a very long portion of this chapter. That's just like there was this statue, and it's just it doesn't matter. The point is, God spoke, gave them what they needed because they submitted, and they were able to interpret that dream, and you know what happened after that? They got appointed as rulers over a lot of the land. Because of what? Because of submission. So, willingness to come before God, and this time, it reveals God's character, because then the king went on and praised God himself, and said, your God, that's the dude. These guys don't know what they're talking about, but this guy, he knows. Like I said, imagine being the church that brings the rulers of this land to Jesus. Imagine that. Imagine j- purely just from being humble and submitting that the rulers of the land would know who Jesus is. Right? You guys seem quiet. Am I hurting you? You guys all right? Number three. It escalates here, huh? Nebuchadnezzar commanded for all people to worship this golden statue, basically. So he made this gigantic golden statue. Well, actually, you know what? It doesn't even actually say. It just says golden image. It doesn't say what it was. But he decrees that whenever you hear this certain music, everyone must bow down and worship that golden image. Now, like I said, it doesn't say what the image is, but I have a strong feeling it had a striking resemblance to the king himself. Maybe I'm wrong. But if the king, as he's described here, is as he is... It's probably an image of himself. Let's just be honest. You know what I mean? And if you did not bow down at that moment and worship this gigantic golden idol that he had made, then he would chuck you and all your homies and all your friends into a furnace, and you guys would be burned alive. I think a lot of you guys know this story, but it's starting to hit a little bit different, right? So, Daniel and the guys, you know what they said? Nah, no thanks. I'm okay. I don't want to praise that thing. mm our God is bigger than that. No thanks. So you know what they do? They submit. Once again. Once again. You guys, are you guys getting me? Are you guys seeing what I'm going with this? Submit. Again and again and again. Submit. Pause. Speak with God. Listen to God. Hear what He's saying and move from there. Right? Okay. Daniel 3, 16 to 18. If I can move pages. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Imagine if some guy told you, you know what, if you don't do what I tell you, I'm going to kill you, and then you say to him, I don't need to defend myself in front of you. It's a little strong, isn't it? They go a step further. (laughs) If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand. Now listen to this. But even if he does not, even if we die, we want you to know, king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of your gold, your, of gold that you have set up. Strong stuff, isn't it? Even if I die, this said, you know what? Even if God doesn't come and save me, I'm still not going to worship that thing you put up. No, thanks. I'm okay. God's bigger than that. Crazy stuff. All right, I continue. 21. Uh, so these men, wearing the robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the, and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm a, you know their other names. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. I keep going. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up in that fire? They replied, yeah, yeah, it was three. And then the king said, look, I see four men walking around in that fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Mm. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God. Come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the furnace, out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, and governors, and the royal advisors were crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him. I repeat, they trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except for their own. Getting real, isn't it? Submission. Said, no thanks. My god is bigger than that. Once again. Once again. So, the sum up. Are we willing to submit ourselves to the fire in our lives again and again and again? Are we willing? These men said, you know what? I trust God. That's who I trust. Okay. One more story for you. The last one. You guys still with me? It's getting really quiet in here. You guys okay? I feel a little bit of a... No? 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 All right. I, I hear some voices. That's good. Last one. Daniel in the lion's den. Now, after King Nebuchadnezzar was out of the picture, a little bit later, there's another king named Darius. I'm going to move through this one quickly, so you guys stay with me. He appoints some, he, he some more leaders and advisors, but the king wants to appoint Daniel over the whole kingdom. These leaders and these people don't really like Daniel very much. They're like, Nah, he's arrogant. He's not really arrogant. He just trusts God. But they don't like that. It makes him uncomfortable. All right. So they plan a plot to get rid of him. So they encourage the king to decree that for the next 30 days that the king is the only thing that can be worshipped. No other god. Just the king. And if not, they get thrown into the lion's den. So you know, what did Daniel do? Nah, I'm good. No thanks. Once again, ah, I'm good. Do you know what he did? He went up and got on his knees three times a day and prayed to God out loud with the window open. He said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? My God's bigger. He ain't going to do nothing. Well, he was wrong. He did do something. So the king grabbed him, threw him in a pit with the lions, and said, well, see what happens now. But to tell you the truth, the king felt a little bit bad. If you read in this section, it talks about how the king was like, you know what? Let, I pray." He didn't say I pray, but he said, let your God save you. He felt for him. So I'm going to read Daniel. I'm going to skip 10 through 12, as I just said, it, and read 19 through 22. So I've got to move over to 6. 19 through 22. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. Hmm. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. Hmm. Interesting, no? He said, No, no, no. I submit to God. Again and again. So, King got all excited. And the king said this, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear. Sorry, I realize I should probably give the verse of it. those who are sitting there back there swapping the verses over. So Daniel 6, 25 <laughs> through 27. Or this is, yeah, through 27. Um, I'll read it again. Then, the mm, yes, then King Darius wrote to all the people to... All the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, may you prosper greatly. Issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, peace, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, mm. for he is the living God, and he endures forever. Mm. His kingdom will not be destroyed. Mm. His dominion will not, never end. Mm. He rescues, and he says, and he saves. Mm. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. Mm. And he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Mm. mm mm -mm. So Daniel proposed, prospered during the reign of Darius and and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. So, sum up again. Once again, a man willing to submit to God alone. And in the end, who gets the glory? God does. Now the king says, you know what? This God. This guy. All of you guys need to bow to this one true God. Crazy stuff, no? Right. Uh, I'm going to invite the worship team back up here because I'm going to start wrapping up because I realize I know how to ramble. Are you guys alive? You doing okay? Are you guys feeling my point? We need to submit all the time. We need to let go all the time. We need to get on our knees and pray and ask God all the time. All the time. So, There's a moment in the fire where your muscles have to relax, right? You guys seen Inception? If you haven't, you should watch the great movies. Beautiful. There's a moment, right, which they refer to as a kick. You know that moment when you trip and you fall? That moment where everything kind of slows down and you can see the floor and you're like, oh my God, this is going to hurt really bad. And everything in you is like, quick, defend yourself. You know what I mean? And you're on the way down, and you're just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You throw your hands out looking for a way to stop yourself. That moment, that feeling of like, oh, my God, I'm going to hit the floor, that's the moment where we pause and we ask for God to step in. That's that moment. That moment where you pause and you invite God in, that's the moment where you are bathed in light, you are bathed in grace, and you are bathed in spirit. That is the moment where all flesh is covered by grace, every ounce of our control is washed out, and the power of the cross can do miraculous things. That is the moment when that fourth person is in the room. Yeah? That's the moment when that fourth person's in the room that can change everything. Yeah? This is not to say that we don't have to work to get places, we do, we do. But God is calling us to have confidence in him and in serving. That's what God's calling us to. There's a moment of silence and peace, and that moment is where we open the door. The Bible talks about in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. All we have to do is open the door. That's sometimes the hard part. Sometimes the hardest part is literally letting go and opening the door. I'm going to tell you a mini story. I went skiing once, skiing, snowboarding. And uh, I didn't want to take lessons because I was stubborn. And uh, on the way down the hill, he told me before I left, he said, look, whatever you do, if you fall, don't put your hands out. Whatever you do, just don't put your hands out. Now, of course, because of reflex and because of fear, the first thing I do is, oh, oh, put my hands out. I snap my wrist, I break my arm. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't planning on telling this whole story, but now I got to. I'm so stubborn. A guy drove by, right, on the snowmobile, and he was like, hey, are uh, you all right, bro? Do you need help? Nope, I'm fine. I'm stubborn, I'm sorry, I know. Forgiveness to my wife. I'm not, I'm fine. So I, I, as he drives away, I pull back my sleeve and I look and my, my, my sleeve was like, my wrist was probably as swollen as this microphone here. Just like this. See, see, bad things. And uh, <laughs> I freaked out a little bit, started walking down this, this hill. It was the first run of the day. I almost passed out because of the elevation and the pain. I ran inside to the, to the front office, and I was like, somebody get some help. I think I broke my arm, and I'm sitting in the emergency room. They got me some ice. They start wrapping my arm up. The guy that told me, don't, put, don't walk, like, put your hands out if you fall, he walks past the door, and he's just like, dude. And I, and I looked at him like, dude, I swear to God. Not right now. Like, d- please, it's not now, dude. This is the worst time. I'm sitting here, and I'm in pain. Just, just, no. But you know what? If I would have trusted him, trust the uncomfortable situation that he said, which is if you fall, close your arms, and trust that you're taken care of, would be fine. This wouldn't click when I swing my hand. You know what I mean? Are you guys getting me? Submit. The moment when we're afraid, the moment when we're scared and we want to clutch, don't. Don't. Let go. Relax your muscles, listen to God, let him do His thing. Yeah? First Corinthians 15:31, "For I swear to brothers and sisters, I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in, Christ, in, in what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done. We need to die to the idea of my control daily. Every single day, we need to die to that idea. Every day, we need to die to the idea that I'm in control. Consistently, every day, four or five times a day, every day. Before I walked up here, how to do it again? It happens all the time. So I'm going to wrap my point. Can we persist in this? Can we? Matter. Can I ask you guys to stand up, please? Go ahead and stand on up if you can. Go ahead and stand on up. Because I want to get real for a second. Can we persist in this? Yeah. To go to our knees before God in our hearts, in our situations, in our circumstances, when the thing we want is not happening, and when the thing that we're afraid of is happening. I'm going to say that again. When the thing we want is not happening, can we submit? Can we go to our knees? When the thing that we're afraid of is happening, can we submit? Can we go to our knees and go to God? Can we do this? Are we willing to be persistent in submission through pain through struggle through growth which sometimes looks just as hard sometimes growth is just as painful let's be honest another question what about good times when things are going great can we still submit then? because it's very easy when everything's going great to just be like oh man this is just wonderful and just walk on off into the sunset, living your joyous life with everything that's sitting in front of you, completely forgetting the person who put it all in front of you, right? Times of celebration, where it's easy to to ignore God. Can we submit when we're celebrating? Hmm? Are we still willing to pause in a moment of excitement and say, Lord, your will, not mine. Jesus, I open the door. Are we willing? to say, I trust you, Jesus. Yeah? So, this is the last thing I'm gonna say. Let's be that church. Yeah? Let's be that church that the light of Jesus shines through because we're willing to be submissive to who God is. Not because of our actions, but because we let go, people see him. Can we be that church? Do you guys want to be that church are you willing to be that church to where because when you let go he gets the glory and we do this thing that God tells us to do whether it's to fight whether it's to be quiet whether it's to shut up whether it's to I don't know to defend someone whether it's to not be defended whether it's to be corrected Oof, that's the hard one but then God still shines through are we willing to be that church not just in here but out there where it matters Let's be that church. I'm going to pray. Father, I want to say thank you for your word. And I want to say thank you that that you are a God who has plans to prosper us, that has plans to build the future for us and, and to provide hope. I want to say thank you that you're a God who's in control. I want to say thank you that you're a God who wants to construct new things Who wants to build new things, who wants to bring people closer to you. And I want to say thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be in control all the time. I want to say thank you, Lord, that there's peace in that moment when you're on the way down to the ground, when you're getting ready to fall, because we know that you're going to be there to catch us. I want to say thank you for that, Lord. So in this, in this moment, Lord, Holy Spirit, I want to pray that you can just fill each and every one of us. We can hear from your presence. We can hear from your spirit. And we can understand so many different areas of our lives where we can submit. Give us the courage, Lord, to be able to say, no, 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 you, you are more important in this thing. No, Lord, I don't need to be seen. You need to be seen in this time frame if it means I need to go to that fire again and again and I need to be put in that uncomfortable situation, that that hard circumstance, that that moment where I'm afraid and I think that, you know what, Lord, I don't see a way out, that moment, the moment where it seems almost difficult, you know the moment when we're angry, Lord, and we don't even wanna talk to you because it doesn't seem like you're even there, that moment, Lord, can we go to our knees? Can you give us the strength to go to our knees and say, no, no, you are more important than this thing. I trust you, Lord. Give us that courage, give us that perseverance Give us those situations that we need, Lord, to be able to grow, to be able to hear more of You, to be able to see more of You, to build that perseverance, to build that persistence, that consistency of going to You, going to Your Holy Spirit, sitting in Your presence and hearing more of who You are so that You can speak through us and we can act because You've called us to act. We can stand because we were first silent, Lord. Give us the power to stand because we were first silent in Your presence. And then once we stand, Lord, you get the glory. Not me, you get the glory. So Father, I just wanna say thank you for your presence. I wanna say thank you for your word. And I pray that you give us the courage to submit to you over and over and over again. Thank you, Father. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.